Michelle Donnelly, and this is the Christian Single Moms Podcast. I believe that every single mom can discover a life of peace, power, and purpose, and that you can do it right through the things that God is carrying you through in your season as a single mom. Here we talk about all of the things that matter to a single mom, but most of all, I hope you found a place where you feel like you belong. Let's get started. Hey, thanks for being with me today. I'm your host, Michelle Donnelly. Friendships as an adult can be such a difficult thing. It kind of feels like dating. There's all this awkwardness and discomfort that surrounds creating friendships. And it can be difficult to navigate, especially if you've been hurt significantly by friends in the past. I'm joined in this conversation by author Bailey Hurley. And Bailey is here to help us learn how to engage in new friendships and how to cultivate the ones that we have, especially when it comes to growing and changing and dealing with conflict. Something I've learned in my season as a single mom is that loneliness actually does not have that much to do with being alone. Hurt from our relationships in the past causes us stress around relationships in the present. And the ways that we have learned to deal with that stress can help us to feel safe, but actually keep us away from the meaningful relationships that we desire. To start to unravel this, to identify your stress style and discover the pathway to healing, you can take our quiz called What's Your Stress Style? And you'll find a link for that down in the show notes. One of the things that I think has been difficult for me, if I look even through the course of my entire life, is looking at friendships from a particular lens that has led to a lot of hurt and disappointment. And something I think is really great right at the outset here is Bailey establishes what our expectations can be around friendships so that we have the ability to move through them with some fluidity and be authentically ourselves while allowing others to have the space to authentically show up as themselves as well. Here's my conversation with Bailey Hurley. Bailey, I'm glad to have you with me today. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me into your space, your your community. Absolutely. Bailey, friendships and community actually are a major way that we can experience God moving through our lives. Mm -hmm. But let's be honest, sometimes making friends as an adult can be really difficult. And then there may be some pain actually that we've experienced in the past that makes that even harder for us. Mm -hmm. I want to know firstly, though, there's some benefit in here that sometimes we just miss. We blow right past. (laughs) We don't want to get to the hard stuff. Would you talk to us a little bit, though, about God's design specifically for friendships and community? Yes. Wow. There's a lot we could really dive into, but I think in a more simple way of how I see God working in friendship like today for the average woman is I feel like despite our weaknesses, because there's a lot of them, we are still joined together by being in the family of God. And I think especially when I use the term family to think about 
community, mm-hmm. I feel like that it just completely changes your expectations of what that means because it's means you're like, you're kind of committing to a group of people, no matter what they bring to the table, because we have bad days, we have good days. We say mean things. We don't offer to help when we should, we show up and we don't show up. Like there's just so many things I think that we all, yeah, like we all have, um, make mistakes in our friendship. And so I think God though really designed for his people to be together no matter what. Um, and when we're made new in Christ, like we are, we are, we're joined together and we have the foundation and commonality of, um, of being in him. I love how you pointed to the fact that this is family for us, that even in cases where our family hasn't been healthy for us, that Mm -hmm. there is always spiritual family. Mm -hmm. And Psalm 68, six says that, that God sets the Mm -hmm. solitary or the lonely in families. And that's a promise for us. And for myself in trying to navigate the change of a family where Mm -hmm. I lost family as I knew it. I still had my parents and my sibling and, you know, those kinds of things, but Mm -hmm. my even family within my home shifted. Mm -hmm. And so then that shifted the friendships and relationships Mm -hmm. that I had around me. And so it was like, okay, I'm starting from scratch. I mean, and I had just moved across the country. I had no people. So Mm -hmm. that was a, a word though, that just like really embedded into me in a, a season of starting over to say, all right, what have my friendships looked like in the past? Mm-hmm. How have they actually not been life affirming? How have they not mm-hmm. been God honoring? How have I not been sh- showing up? Mm-hmm. And how now can I look to this as something that God actually is promising for me, but that mm-hmm. there's a process in that? And the process, though, I think sometimes can be just so daunting, right? Yes, absolutely. I think it can very be very intimidating. And like you said, maybe you were surprised to find yourself having to start over. Mm-hmm. And yet like we will have to start over, I don't know, eight times in our lifetime. And so I think something that kind of came out of just my own personal um, like research and friendship and digging into friendship, it's just that like you'll never get it right and you'll never be settled. Um, and I think that can be really unsettling for people, but I think if you instead embrace it and say, yeah, my friendships are always going to change and shift. Mm -hmm. I always need to be making new friends. Um, I always need to keep my door open for relationship. And I think that that allows you then to embrace the change instead of being, instead of, I think being disappointed, depressed, like, uh, just like lacking hope, like, wow, I thought I finally found my group of people and like, they all moved away or they Mm -hmm. all got, I love my coworkers and they all got new jobs or I loved this church, but then something happened and I left and my friends didn't come with me, you know, like there's just so many shifts and changes. And so I think, yeah, instead of, instead embracing the mindset that like, I need to always be practicing the art of making friends. And there are always new friends for me to find. Mm -hmm. And there are always new relationships that I can tend to um, when these ones take a different turn and go a different direction. Sometimes just naturally, we all know that. Like there's some friends you're like, oh, we just don't talk anymore. Like that's sad. Um, But like blessing and releasing the idea that like I will have the same friends for four decades allows you to kind of work through the disappointment of change. Mm -hmm. Um, I think with a more realistic mindset, um, I always say that like, you know, 
there's a covenant between you and the Lord. And, you know, sometimes there's a covenant in marriage, but really like, there's no covenant for friendship. You're not signing on for forever. Mm-hmm. And I think that either our culture um, shows the friend groups that have just known each other forever. So that's what we assume what adult friendship should look like when really it's a lot more malleable and flexible than we think it might be. I think that starting there actually takes a lot of the pressure off. You know, we Mm -hmm. think like, oh, I've got to have my forever friends or, you know, I I don't have forever friends, you know, what's wrong with me, those kinds of things. And Mm -hmm. having the expectation of change then does allow us to hold things more open-handedly and freely to Mm -hmm. allow people to come into our lives for the season that God would appoint. And he may have people that are going to be in your life the long haul. I've got a friend that our parents were friends in high school and Mm -hmm. she's still in my life, but that, that has not looked like a bestie 365 24 seven for the last, you know, 40 years we've Mm -hmm. come in and out of each other's lives. And it's been by Mm -hmm. the grace of God that we've been on these journeys where we've come back together. But there are many, many other friends where it was like, wow, we were like ride or die for (laughs) a couple of years and then it fizzled out. Right. But Mm -hmm. it was that we were meant to bring certain things into each other's lives for a certain period of time and then to release. And that was such a a good word that you just said to release Mm -hmm. those individuals. But I think what's hard Mm -hmm. about that is our hearts are in this, you know, and that's, Mm One of the difficult parts is when there isn't necessarily a covenant. It's like, I'm giving you this piece of my life and this piece of myself. Mm -hmm. I'm letting you in Mm -hmm. knowing full well that this may not continue. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so important to, I think, always come back to your relationship with Jesus, because that's what Jesus did. He also gave us not just a piece. He gave us everything of himself, Mm -hmm. knowing that we might reject him, knowing that we will fail him, knowing that we will disappoint him. And yet he chose to lay down his life because he loved us and he wanted a restored relationship between him and us and him and his father. And so, and so to say that like friendship is risky and we have to count the cost of relationship, but Jesus mm-hmm. already counted the cost of the relationship for you. And so then you are freed to go forward again. I'm always like, because like, you're going to make mistakes and you've made some and you'll make some and you'll make some more um, and people will hurt your feelings. And yet at the same time, like that's where you have to find your comfort in, in the Lord who already has like walked that and had intimate relationships Um And not just as God, but as human. And so he like knows exactly what it's like to be rejected Mm -hmm. and to have people turn their back against him and lie about him and dissociate from him. And just like all the, all the horrible things that we've had happen in friendship. Mm -hmm. Um, I, in John um, 15, where he talks about, you know, friendship is like laying your life down for, for your brother. And so I always think of that specific is like a definition for friendship, because what does that look like laying your life down? Um, it might not be what Jesus did because that's, that's pretty unique. You, I don't Mm -hmm. know if you have to like, you know, stand in front of a speeding train for your friends, sacrifice your life, but you might just sacrifice your comforts might have to sacrifice your, um, you know, your time or your resources or yeah, your comfortability. I always say that because I feel like friendship is actually, and especially as a mom, 
It's all about, I just don't want to give up nap time. I don't want to drive you to the airport during Mm. this section when my kids are the craziest. I don't want to make dinner for the new mom because I'm already making dinner for myself. You know, there's, Mm -hmm. so I feel like it's often, yeah, sacrificing those comforts um, to be a good friend. Um, But yeah, you're right. Risky, very risky. It's so hard to be vulnerable and and trust a piece of yourself and a piece of your heart to someone. But I think you can just like hold it with an open hand to say like, Lord, like I am excited about this friendship. I like this person. Like Mm -hmm. I want there to be fruitfulness in this relationship. And you have taught me that like, it's worth the risk to give of myself, even if it doesn't work out the way that I thought it would. Like, I'm still going to move forward, like trusting that that this is the next right direction. Something you point to in your book is how our relationship with God anchors us so that we can step into that space of a little bit of that unknown and that uncomfortable. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. I, so I've been reading a book by Henry Nowen and his book's called community. And he has just said something that I feel like puts like nails, the hammers, the nail on the head. It just like, is the perfect thing. But he says that community is not loneliness grabbing onto loneliness. I'm so lonely. Mm-hmm. You're so lonely. It is solitude grabbing onto solitude. I am loved by God. You are loved by God. Together, we can build a home. And I feel like that, again, that's just totally expresses what it, the importance of individually knowing who you are in God, spending time with him, being filled up in him, leaning on him for your relational needs. Because then from a place of security, you can say like, I'm loved by God. And like, I can see your worth and I can see your value. And I can see that you are loved by God. And like, that's where we can build a home. That's where we can build a safe place where we both can belong. Um, whereas when you're lonely and you're like, I expect this person to meet all my needs, make me feel valued, uh, give me all of the acceptance and longing, like belonging that I want. Then that person's also lonely and like grabbing on and is like, please, like, I feel like it's this like stifling, um, there's like no movement, no freedom to move in a relationship like that. I think that's such an incredible distinction between loneliness being the motivator that connects us and solitude because solitude is so much more settled in the Lord. And then solitude Mm -hmm. turns us to God and says, Lord, what would you bring to me through these -hmm. friendships? Or what would you have me bring into these friendships? Because it's both, Mm -hmm. right? But that we're, we're, we're acknowledging the Lord in moving into connection with other people. And so then we can know, for example, it's always, you know, said like man's rejection is God's protection, right? Yes. So we can say like, oh, that person must not be a fit. Then there must be something Mm -hmm. that you see that I don't Lord, that's a mismatch Mm -hmm. or, you know, something along those lines that we have the ability to step into spaces of vulnerability and rejection a little bit Mm -hmm. more bravely because we know we're looking to have the exchange of God really in our relationships versus loneliness, Mm -hmm. which you pointed out is like, I need something from you, the person. And then it's a measurement constantly of like, did did I give too much? Did did they not give enough? Did I overshare? Like, what did they think about me? Then there's a lot Mm -hmm. of this image management that goes into the whole thing. And then friendships become really full of anxiety Mm -hmm. and can be somewhat explosive when you, I think the difference is that when everybody's coming from the same place, we're all coming Mm -hmm. from, I am whole in the Lord, Mm -hmm. but an imperfect human, Mm -hmm. then 
I have the ability to better communicate yeah. the spaces where I know that I'm messy. Can mm-hmm. you be there for me? Can you have mm-hmm. grace for me? Can you have forgiveness for me? Can I do the same for you? And it's just, it's a beautiful way that God grows us up. And I think yes. especially, for example, like for myself coming out of a really broken marriage, mm-hmm. I needed practice learning how to be in relationship mm-hmm. in ways that I never had before. Right. And so it's one of those first places too, that if the Lord would call you into a, ro- a romantic relationship mm-hmm. in the future, community is, is a great space where you're able to play out a lot of these things and work some mm-hmm. of this stuff out that when you do step into that place where there is so much more emotionally at stake that you don't necessarily have all your eggs in one basket. You know what I mean? Right. Yes, absolutely. Now, when we talk about godly friendships though, and that's, I think Mm -hmm. that's a big differentiator of what we're talking Mm -hmm. about here is those really close connected friendships Mm -hmm. that are rooted in the Lord. Mm -hmm. What are some of those characteristics that we can look for Mm-hmm. as we're developing connections with new people? Yeah, I think if I could just land on two, I think a really great character of like a godly friend is mutual respect. Um, and what I mean by that is just having the type of affection that even if you are different and you think differently about different subjects and the way you parent and... um I don't know. There can be so many things you you maybe don't agree, see eye to eye on, but you have this like genuine care for that person or that person you can see that they genuinely care for others who might think differently than them, that they respect people who might not think the way that they think. Um, because again, it kind of goes back to that security in the Lord and they can recognize that everybody, again, like everybody has value. Everybody has, um, you know, something unique about them and they can appreciate something because they are made in the image of God. And they can, again, like love that person. I think if you like flipped it and you're meeting people and you see that someone is like, I don't know, quick to, quick to judge or quick kind of like gives up on people or says like, I definitely like don't like that person. I think that's just, yeah, I think that's just not character quality you're looking for. You're looking for someone who's like, no, I can see something good in every person I meet. Um, And I think that's just, again, a really beautiful, you can tell that is someone who is spiritually mature. Another quality I think is faithfulness. And this again can be seen maybe as faithfulness to your friend group, or you can see them being a really good loyal friend to others. But I think seeing just someone who's faithful to their commitments, whether it's at school, um, like maybe things they volunteered for, um, their faithfulness to their job, to parenting, um, and just seeing someone who um, I don't know, says what they're going, who does what they say they're going to do, who kind of like reciprocates the promises that they've made. Um, meaning if they've said, I I'm going to join this Bible study and I'm going to show up and do my best. Cause again, I know, I know it's so hard to show up. I know it's hard to be consistent as a mom. And I can't even imagine as a single mom, how much your schedule, like your kid gets sick and like everything goes out the window, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it's like really hard to be like, I'm going to be there. Oh no. This just happened. Um, so I just say that I think though, when you're seeing people who are just as faithful as they can be, like that's a sign of a really amazing friend because they're probably faithful in other areas of their life, mm-hmm. which means they're going to be faithful, hopefully to communicate when they can't 
be present physically, Mm -hmm. but they're still just like, I'm still here. I am still consistent, um, like a consistent presence. Um, and that I think again, is just really a woman that though we've talked about how friends aren't forever, but still, I think having that quality of someone who isn't wishy-washy flaky, someone who just, yeah, over promises and never delivers. Like that's where you're definitely, at least for me, I'm like, that's Mm -hmm. times where I'm like, wow, this person has really hurt my feelings. And this is not a friendship that's going to work out. Yeah. And if I can use a different word to describe what you're, you're saying, what I'm yeah, hearing you do. say with faithfulness mm-hmm. is that there's consistency here mm-hmm. and integrity in what you say and what you do match. And yeah, we always, yeah. we've talked about a little bit on the show about how those are the pillars of trustworthiness. That's how we know mm-hmm. if a person is trustworthy. So you may have a friend who doesn't show up consistently and is really fun and all that, you know, yes. but they may not be your core inner circle friend right. who's like the one that is going to be there for you for everything. And you mm-hmm. share all of the like depths of your heart. Mm-hmm. And it's not because there's anything wrong with that person or they're a bad person or anything like that. That as much as knowing that they are indicating that if they can't have a consistency, then Mm -hmm. there may be just a gap in what they're able to then give you when you do become vulnerable. And so it's again, it's not to say, oh, okay, I'm shutting the door on this person, but absolutely, as you said, that flexibility and that that malleability allows us to allow people to show up how they're going to show up. Mm-hmm. And then we can determine from there where, yeah. where it's safe for us mm-hmm. to be. And I think that's very empowering because sometimes if we've been in relationships where we've been hurt in the past, mm-hmm. it feels like there's powerlessness. It feels like you mm-hmm. took something from me rather than me actually being able to assess and discern and decide mm-hmm. based on what you have shown me, where do I put myself in relationship to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. I like that. But it's just, it's, it's again, messy. Like, (laughs) it's not the easiest thing to navigate, like in real life. There are three words every abuse survivor must hear. God hates abuse. Plus One Parents has released a devotional for abuse survivors called Safe Haven, a devotional for the abused and abandoned. Safe Haven is a biblically-based guide to abuse, giving you the tools that you need to identify it, respond to it, and heal from it. Safe Haven is now available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook formats, and you can locate a link to purchase your copy down in the show notes. You know, we're talking about, though, friendships not lasting forever Mm -hmm. and this moving around and all that. So Mm -hmm. that takes a lot of discernment. It mm-hmm. takes some watchfulness mm-hmm. when it comes to figuring out, you know, maybe we're stepping into a relationship, friendship with somebody who's new to us. Mm-hmm. What can we look for when we're trying to discern? Is this somebody who's going to be, or has what it takes to be a lasting friend Yeah. versus someone who may just be for a season sure. or maybe is really not a match for us at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you can discern right away. It probably takes years of um, just trial and error, but I think a uh, great, and we kind of, again, we're kind of like talking about these things lightly, but adaptability um, again is something that that's how you're going to kind of find who your friends are that are going to be on the road with you for the long haul. And what I mean by adaptability is that I truly have like 
mm, seeing that friends who are just a friend for a season are people who have not been able to walk with you as you have changed, as you have gotten married, as you've gotten kids, as you've gotten divorced, as you've moved locations, as you've changed jobs. Um, and it might not always be, again, this is not always like, um, toxic situation. It just be, may be like, they just, you know, their season life was different and they weren't really willing to walk with you into the next one or it didn't work for them, or they didn't want to continue a long distance friendship. There's so many things that can play into that. But I do think there is also though, the idea that when, as your friends change, you like want them to stay the same mm-hmm. um, forever. And people who can't allow you to change and grow, like, again, those are all things you're just like, okay, this friendship isn't going to really make it. Um, all the way. But I think that I've had plenty of friends that as I've moved away from my hometown or from college, as I've gotten married, had kids, got a really strange job, um, (laughs) uh, you know, doing all these different things, you know, people who are like uh, having a curious mind about your friendship. They want to know who you're becoming. They're celebrating who you're becoming. They're sitting with you through the changes. Those are the friends that are obviously going to You'll like, if you look back, you'll be like, ah, yeah, there's one or two people that I feel like have really been with me and have navigated the newness with me instead of being like, eh, we're just different now. Like, I don't really want to pursue this friendship anymore, but I really like the idea of like being curious. So friends that are curious to say, hmm, like I see you going through something different. Like, how is this, you know? how, how are you handling this? How is this making you, yeah, think about life differently? What is, what new rhythms are happening in your life? How can I fit into these new rhythms? I want to stay a part of whatever you're going through. Um, so I don't think it's something you'll see right away, but I think over time you'll start to identify those one or two people. And those are maybe some helpful ways to identify them. But when you do, then I really would grab onto that. Meaning I would say, okay, then I'm going to start, um, kind of inverting, my attention, turning my attention to these relationships and make sure that I'm calling regularly, checking in more often, remembering birthdays, celebrating, um, you know, big wins at work or just making sure I, you know, make time for them because I can see that this person really wants to be a part of my life, no matter what is going on. I think that's so critical. What you just said, as far as when you find one, a friendship that really is strong, just specifically how we can go about investing in that Mm -hmm. friendship. And I think one of the things that's been difficult for me in this season is the fact that sometimes friendships formed out of proximity. So it was easy to check Mm -hmm. in with people because we were friends because our kids went to the same preschool or because we worked at the same place. And unfortunately, a lot of friendships by proximity, you have lots of of that time together and check-in time. Mm-hmm. But then once that proximity ends, so mm-hmm. your kid goes to a different school, you go to a different office, they go to, you know, yeah. change jobs, whatever that proximity that facilitated the friendship actually reveals whether or not there yeah. was anything really underneath it that was going right. to be long-term. Mm-hmm. And So then when you do find somebody who doesn't have that proximity, it's like, okay, how do I invest in this Mm -hmm. (laughs) when I don't have that proximity, especially being a single parent where that time to invest feels like I'm taking this away from my kids. I actually don't have childcare available. Mm -hmm. So can you talk to us about some of those ways that we can continue to invest where those might be some of our barriers? Yeah, I would say take advantage of technology. 
Oh gosh. I just love it. Like for me, I have like probably five different Marco Polos with different mom friends. Some live, um, here in Denver and most of them don't. And it is so fun and so life-giving and we are keeping in touch and it just makes me so happy. And I can do it while my kids are taking a bath and I can do it while I'm making dinner. I can do it when I'm, you know, waiting in car line, like there's just so much. Um, so I feel like yeah, take advantage of your technology. If you boxer, if you would say, um, I was coaching a gal recently and she said this was actually really successful for her, but it's like buddy read or listen to the same podcast or watch the same show. And then just say like, okay, let's both like our favorite shows coming out on Netflix. Let's watch the first episode. And then like, let's FaceTime about it, you know, or let's like Marco Polo back and forth. Uh, a friend of mine this summer is going on sabbatical with her husband. So she's not going to be around, but we're buddy reading a book. And I was just like, let's connect by like every Monday, let's read a chapter and let's Marco Polo, like our thoughts and questions about the book. So it's like, you know, use some of these other things you have that maybe you don't have time for a two hour happy hour on Fridays. You don't have time to do a book club in person. You don't have time to do these things, but instead be like, okay, how can I be using my resources and things that are really pretty, you're like, already doing? Like, do you already take walks and listen to podcasts while you push your kids in the stroller? Just say like, text a friend and say, Hey, I just listened to this. Whoa. Like it brought up so many things. I have so many thoughts. Do you have time? Like, would you want to like, listen and talk about it? Do you have time to, you know, check this out this week? And then maybe on Thursday morning or something, you know, we can like connect on what you loved about it and what you thought was you know, we disagreed with. So I love that you mentioned Voxer because that absolutely has been really essential to developing a lot of those friendships, the closest friendships that I have. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons actually has been in learning how to be vulnerable and putting a feeling out there. And now it lives like it is, (laughs) it is, you know, it's recorded and I have to admit, and I'll be transparent about this. There have been times where I recorded a voice for someone who's not familiar with what Voxer is, is basically voicemail, like back and forth voicemail. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, if I got to the point where I had recorded it and I noticed the person had not listened to it yet, I paid for like the $3.99, like for one month and just like, cause you can take back the messages. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. That's really funny. I recognize though, how often I was doing it. And I was like, you know, if you trust this person, you're going to have to be able to share what is in your heart mm-hmm. and allow these this person to respond in truth, show you who mm-hmm. they are. Because my biggest problem in friendships was my own image management where it's like, let me put on the perfect face and only yeah. share the stuff I've already dealt with. And then mm-hmm. we're all okay. But this was like, no, I'm processing this feeling in real time. Yeah. But I had a little bit of the distance because that person wasn't right in front of me, but Mm -hmm. then I had the ability to start taking them back. And I was like, no, 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 no. You need to show up authentically as you are Mm -hmm. and see if this person can meet you where you're at. And inevitably there was, there'd be be those ones that were just out there. And I was like, oh my goodness, she's, oh, she's gone. That's it. She's like, you're nuts. I'm sure of it. Right. (laughs) And I would get these sweet messages back of like, I'm so glad you shared that. It actually reminds me of X, Y, Z that happened to me or, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry. You know, I, I have such an appreciation for your, for you that I didn't have before. Cause I understand so much more of, what your experience is with this, Mm -hmm. you know, or whatever. And it was just like, wow, how many barriers can get broken down, but then how much healing we can find Mm -hmm. when we can authentically show up 
totally messy, exactly as we are, and allow God to bless us through another person. Yeah. And there's mm-hmm. just so much then that develops through that. And it is through like these short little, you know, five minute multitasking mm-hmm. moments where yeah. I am boxing, boxing, boxing. I don't know. <laughs> just made a verb, <laughs> but where I'm cooking dinner yeah, and doing this thing or mm-hmm. folding laundry, you know, mm-hmm. just the stuff that yep. has to get done, but it's, yeah, it, it's, it actually just is. And sometimes those can be really great spaces. Cause if you're otherwise kind of occupied with your hands, then it just, sometimes when you're moving into those spaces that feel very vulnerable, it's like, you don't, mm-hmm. you're not overthinking it because you know, mm-hmm. you're doing something else. But yeah, um, I, I think that that's such a beautiful way to step into something that can otherwise be scary mm-hmm. and really get a sense of, can, can a person walk with you? Can mm-hmm. you walk with them? You know, mm-hmm. those, yeah. those sorts of things. But Bailey, when we're talking about this, so we're, we're kind of like actually one step ahead where we're talking about, okay, so if you find a friendship and you know, this is how you can invest, Mm -hmm. let's go backwards a whole lot, actually to the point, (laughs) let's say where it's like, wow, I don't have any people. I don't have any Mm -hmm. friends. This sounds wonderful, but I don't even know where to start. I hate initiating conversations Mm -hmm. like, you know, whatever it is, what are some good suggestions for just starting to meet some people? Yeah. I think using a lot of the context that you're already in, so your gym and your school and your work or your church. So I think that's a great, those are great contexts to start. I don't think you really have to, your neighbors, like you don't have to look too far. They're there. The people are there. Um, I think then it is kind of showing up everywhere. So when people invite people to do this thing, trying your absolute best to be there and create opportunities for you to meet people, um, and have conversation like, uh, our school, our preschool just had a mom's night out and it's like, you go to the mom's night out and you get numbers and you follow up. Um, or yeah, I think finding things that you like, again, you like to do and you do, it's like, you really just have to be brave and introduce yourself and get phone numbers. So like, if you, even if you, if it doesn't work out and you hang out or do one play day, you know, you tried. And I think that's probably the best way for you to really find your people is you just have to put yourself out there. So I wish there was some magic, like you don't have to do any work and you don't even have to have any awkward small talk, but you do, you do, you just, you got to start somewhere. So unfortunately you really do. You have to just kind of put the work in and it, it is work. I will say that like it is time consuming and it is. Yeah. I mean, it's exhausting. It's like, again, yeah. You mentioned earlier before we started recording, it's like dating. It really is. Yes. Um, so yeah, you just have to kind of suffer through all of the first small talks to get to the good stuff. As far as that small talk stuff. So I'm, I'm thinking of maybe a woman who's listening and is like, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know how to like step into <laughs> yeah. that. Like, it seems like everybody around me has such an easy time just making conversation Aww. with strangers. And I am sitting in the corner waiting for somebody to talk to me. Yeah. What can you suggest there? Yeah. Make questions ahead of time. So write them down, put them in your phone, maybe even like look at them before you start a conversation just to like jog your memory. Um, but even with dear friends, I will still write down questions ahead of time that I'm actually like in my own space by myself, really thinking because even with good friends, we can get stuck in small talk. And I walk away being like, Oh, I didn't ask these things. And I really wanted to get her advice on this. And I can't believe I missed my opportunity. So being intentional and really thinking about your questions, um, beforehand. And even if it's like, okay, 
I want to like, I'm going to the mom's night out and it's like, okay, I don't really know like what exactly I'm going to say. And I don't know anyone going. So let me think, you know, I can ask like, how has this year been for you? You you can ask anybody that have you enjoyed this year at school? I think just like, again, curious questions, ask them about what are your rhythms? You know, like, how do you get your kids to settle down at night or um, what's your kind of routine for these things? So just again, being curious, I think asking mm-hmm. questions, asking questions, but giving your time to think about them, I think really gives you the confidence to be like, okay, I got something to say. Mm-hmm. Um, versus like, I, cause I've definitely, again, I'm like, even me who feels pretty sociable, I definitely have sat down and started talking to someone and you do kind of like, after two questions, you're like, Hmm, you know, and you're kind of like looking around and you're like, yeah, like the weather is weird, you know, or something. It's been so cold. Like what a weird freak snow in May we had, you know, like you just, you kind of stalls and then you're like, okay, yep. well, it was nice talking to you. Uh-huh. Um, so it happens. <laughs> it happens to everybody. Yeah. But yeah. Just having a little more confidence of like, okay, I've got three questions I can ask. And hopefully the conversation takes off from there. I think those prep questions are actually really great because, and I think it sounds maybe like nerdy, like really you have to have prep questions to just go make a friend. But it's like, yes, you do. You would do that if you were on a blind date, like if you're meeting somebody for the first time, you want to know some things about them, right? Especially as we're talking about like, can this person journey with you? Mm -hmm. You know, that's really where we're going is figuring out like, is this a person I can connect and do life with as this person yeah. we can share mm-hmm. life experiences together. Mm-hmm. And so, but I think, I think another thing that I've found really helpful is just noticing something about someone and then asking them about it. When you talk about being curious, you know, one of the things my dad told me um, when I was really young was like, let people talk about themselves. Not everybody always feels heard, you know? Right. And so it can be even something like, for me, it's like, wow, I really love your shoes. Where did you get those? You know, mm-hmm. and where do you like to shop? And oh, mm-hmm. I've never been there before. Like, how did you find it? Like, yeah. you can just go down the rabbit trail and then yes. eventually that just like carries you on. And you may find a person has a passion for vintage shoe shopping. I don't know. Right. right? It's right. just things like this where it's just recognizing, like, wow, God just put this human in front of me. What can I mm-hmm. notice about this moment mm-hmm. and share time together? And if this is all it is, that's okay. But if there's something beyond this, then we'll get more opportunities to dig into to grander and bigger things, you know, as mm-hmm. we move on. As far as those relationships though, that we have growing, growing and changing mm-hmm. while we're in these friendships, inevitably conflict is going to come up and conflict can be something that, especially based on our experiences in the past, we may be really conflict avoidant to the mm-hmm. point where we either are not bringing up things that are really troublesome or we just mm-hmm. avoid the relationship altogether. How can we grow through conflict and even to the point where we can determine whether or not a friendship would continue? Mm, that's a really good question. Growing through conflict. I want to say that oftentimes in conflict, it usually comes down to like, Will you have more peace? I feel like not having the closure is so much more painful than having a conversation. And so I always encourage like trying to make things right, trying to have a conversation, even if it is uncomfortable, even if they don't want to engage, you know, you doing the absolute best you possibly can to kind of restore, I think, unity and peace. You don't have to restore the friendship, but I mean, if this person's like at your job, at your church, in your friend circle, like your mom's circle, then 
like, it is nice to just be like, I have done everything I can. We've apologized. Like the best case scenario is like, we both apologized and we saw that what we did was wrong. And we've like come to a place of like, I can be friendly with you. Uh, worst case scenario, it's, you know, I've done everything I possibly can. And I have like peace with the Lord that like, I went above reproach and really tried to respect this person in this conflict. Um, and I feel like they, as silly as it sounds to know if you want to move forward or not, oftentimes I'm like, they, they will let you know. Um, because sometimes it's out of your control, whether you get to move forward in the friendship or not. Um, so unfortunately I'm like, usually I feel like it's the latter and you don't, um, conflict can just be really hard and so painful, but I think my overall encouragement is to communicate about, communicate about it, do it as soon as possible. So you don't let things get worse and worse and worse, um, until it's really built up. And so almost the conflict is so much worse just because you waited so long to address it. And I say that out of a way, it sounds simple. I mean, I know it's hard. I don't like doing it. So, um, yeah. I wish it was better. I wish it, I wish it could be easy and it's just not. So I do think you can get rid of some of that heart heartache. If you do though, address it because I know truly unresolved feelings and tension and conflict, it can eat you. Um, and it just, it's horrible. Mm -hmm. As you were talking, I was thinking about a verse in Romans 12 that says so far as it depends on you to be at peace with everyone. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that every conflict is going to result in, as you said, a restored relationship. It could be that it's the indicator that you're going separate ways, Mm -hmm. but that we can, in approaching it, bring peace, Mm -hmm. at least within ourselves Yes, and be light bearers in the situation as it refers to our relationship with God and how we approached it so that we can know that we have done on our part what's been needed to bring peace. And yeah. it's up to the other person then after that to determine whether or not they want to do the same. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that's really critical in relationships of all types is mutuality. Mm-hmm. And that mutuality, when it can't be met, very often is just that indicator that moving forward is, is not always possible. Right. You know, that when there can't be give and receive, I never say give and take, give and receive, you know, when (laughs) there can't be give and receive, then you can at least know that you gave in that situation what you could Mm -hmm. at the time, but then the rest is up to the Lord and what he would do, whether Mm -hmm. or not he would restore that or whether or not you would have gained something from this experience with this person, even if it's a lesson, Yeah, (laughs) even if it's a lesson, right? And continue on to the mm-hmm. places he would have us go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Bailey, when it comes to addressing conflict, mm-hmm. do you have any thoughts as far as constructive ways that we can do really the best that we can do to try and, and bring peace into that equation? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think assuming the best of the other person, as well as treating people the way you want to be treated. Um, I think approaching anything, whether it's the communication or how you even communicate to communicate. So I'm always like, I, I know some people are like, I'll just talk to you when I feel ready. But then you're like, well, when is that? Like, there's just so much 
okay, well, that's kind of hurtful and vague. And I just feel really confused. And so it's just treat people the way you'd want to be treated. How would you want someone to talk with you? How would you want someone to invite you into a hard conversation, you know, the environment, the timing, the, uh, the words that you choose to use. Um, so that's, I feel like in a very simple way, if you always approach everything, especially conflict and say, how would I want this person to reach out to me right now? And then you're like, okay, now I feel like I can reach out to them because I've really taken, taken the time to put myself in their shoes. Bailey, I am so appreciative for all of your insights in Mm. this conversation. At the end of every conversation, I ask each guest the same question. And it is, if there was just one thing that you would want a single mom to know, what would it be? Your friendships are such a vital part of your survival, like your literal survival. Um, I think you're going through the hardest possible things you could probably be going through. Um, And so you're going to need friends. You're going to need friends. You're going to need peers you can talk to and rely on. And, and it's okay for them to like, yeah, fill some of those relational needs that you have. Um, there's nobody that can quite do it like a friend um, for you. And so to continue to be just a loving, wonderful, great mom that you are showing your kids that you, you prioritize your friendships too, and that that community is just as important as the family unit. So that's kind of like more than one thing, but just like, Mm. Keep, keep, keep fighting for that, that togetherness and making time and, and finding ways to show that friendships are important to you. Yeah. I think that's incredibly wise. Thank you. Bailey, would you tell listeners about your resources and how they can follow you? Yes. If you are just looking for friendship resources in general, um, you can find them at, find them at baileytherley.com. Um, I also just released a book. It came out on May 20, May 17th. It's called Together is a Beautiful Place. And you can find that anywhere books are sold. And then if you are just wanting some daily conversation, you can find me on Instagram at bailey.t.hurley. Um, that's where I'm kind of, yeah, having those more regular, regular conversation with people. And I will include links in the show notes to make it easier for listeners to find all of those resources. But thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Yeah, thank you, Michelle. If you enjoyed this conversation, I've got a couple of others you might like to listen to. Check out episode 113, Uncomplicating Dating, How Communication Helps You Grow Through the Awkward and Uncomfortable with Eric Demeter. You might also like episode 100, Introverts and Extroverts, How Contrasting Strengths Enrich Our Relationships with Holly Girth. We'd love to invite you to get involved with the Plus One Parents community. You can join us on Facebook or Instagram at plusone.parents. And on Facebook, you can join our private Facebook group, Beloved Collective. Also at plusoneparents.org, we are constantly adding new resources related to all of the topics that we cover here on the Christian Single Moms podcast. That's everything from parenting to dating to spiritual and emotional well-being. If you'd like to stay up to date on the new resources as we release them, you can join our mailing list there as well at plusoneparents.org. I'm so grateful that you're a part of this community and that you were able to join me for this episode today. I pray always that you would know that you are seen and you are beloved.